Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to Leadership Stars. Today, we're looking at how reluctant and lifelong learners and leaders are alike and that they need to know how to develop their personal leadership, knowledge, and expertise to stay innovative and impactful. This veteran leadership expert whose company literally wrote the book on innovative leadership and transforming organization will share her own journey to leadership to help you with your own. So I'd like to welcome today Maureen Metcalf to Leadership Stars. Maureen, welcome. I am delighted to be here. It's really an honor to be on your show today. Well, this is going to be very fun and very enlightening, um, and you're going to empower my listeners to be able to step into their leadership. So one of the things that I'd really love to know, Maureen, is your background. How did you get to where you are today? So let me give you kind of the shortened version. I changed, I started as a financial analyst. Mm. So I had a degree in economics and I was going to go get my master's degree and work during the day, went to school at night. And I ended up changing jobs five times in five years because, of course, I thought I knew better than other people. What I learned was um, I was in the wrong job. So, oh. I, so I went to see a career counselor mm-hmm. and they said, consulting, teaching, or broadcast news, uh, and that I would never probably make more than $25,000 a year as a newscaster, so that was off the table. Mm -hmm. Consulting was the easiest transition, so that's what I did. Uh So I did that for a number of years, worked 12 years, uh, worked for large consulting firms at the time, Coopers and Librand, now PricewaterhouseCoopers, and Accenture, Anderson Consulting. Mm -hmm. So I spent about 12 years traveling and working with major clients and then started my own firm in 2001. And so my first leadership role was when I was about 25. Mm -hmm. And then they they became successively larger roles until I started my own company and then was, you know, kind of CEO of myself for a while. Okay. So Metcalf and Associates has been around for 17 years? It has. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a, a milestone. Um, I do have to say that um, my company has been around for 31 years. It'll be 32 wow. this year. Yeah, and the, and the crowning piece was Crocker and Wells Fargo merged, and I was out of a job and eight okay. months pregnant. So I, I calculate how long we've been in business by how old my youngest daughter is. Okay. It's kind of amusing. <laughs> so why do you work with leaders? What, what was the, the impetus to that? You know, as I look at, many of us say we want to change the world, and mm-hmm. we're living in an interesting time, mm-hmm. and leaders, I think, have the largest leverage point. So a leader of a large organization impacts thousands, and in some cases, hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So if that leader can become more effective, the lives of the 100,000 people they impact or more, along with their stakeholders, all mm-hmm. of their clients and external consultants and other constituents are also impacted. And and so think of a simple example. The leaders of Enron who went off the rails, mm-hmm. all of those people who trusted them with their investments, 
were impacted, oh, life yeah. savings. Oh yeah, right because of Absolutely. bad leaders. So so we sometimes discount the idea that investors also matter when they're institutional investors and people's retirement funds. Mm-hmm. It's not just the fat cats. It's people like most of us who hope at some point to be able to retire, but our 401ks are invested in these firms run by leaders. Some are ethical and prudent. Mm -hmm. Others are a little more risk tolerant, Mm -hmm. and that impacts the lives of a lot of real people. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, many years ago, actually right after I I left her, Two companies merged. Um, I went to a company that mm-hmm. was doing um, those limited partnerships, mm-hmm. limited and, liability yeah, partnerships, and you know it, the whole idea was that you had this huge loss in your account for, for several years mm-hmm. before it turned around and you started making money. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you had these these lo- passive losses, and to me, they were the most arrogant men I have ever met in my entire life because they were making huge amounts of money by brokering these deals to be able Mm -hmm. to make this happen. And yet, when the government changed the law, all of a sudden, all these people had nothing. There was, they had nothing to show for all of the money that they'd put into it. And these guys walked off with millions. Um, It was, it was, again, we're, we're not always looking at how does our leadership impact the people that we're working with or the people who mm-hmm. are our clients? And because oftentimes they're so far removed from us mm-hmm. that we don't even know who they are. And that's that's a challenge. So how do you determine what's a good leader versus a bad leader? Okay, so I'm a bit of a geeky researcher person. Mm-hmm. And so when I left the large firms, I left with the question, we did a great job of managing projects to implement change. Mm -hmm. And yet, even as good as we were, occasionally projects did not deliver the business value people were looking for. So one of my questions was, what's missing? Mm -hmm. And I think it's been the question of many people in these areas. And from the research, it looks like leadership is one of the big questions. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the thing that happened consistently is we'd define the project, we'd manage according to solid leadership principles, and some were better than others. Mm -hmm. What was obviously variant was the leadership of the organizations. And so effective leadership generally generated better results than ineffective leadership. That's not not rocket scientists. So my quest has been, how do we define effective in an era where things are changing so quickly? Mm -hmm. So what I talk about uh, traditional leadership and are you depreciating versus this innovative leadership. Are you continuing to innovate how you Mm -hmm. lead? And so we developed a competency model that was published in a peer-reviewed book by the the International Leadership Association. And we look at things like from Collins, humble and tenacious, do we inspire followership from uh, another researcher uh, stepping out to the kind of the balcony, 360 degree thinking? Mm -hmm. Am I looking not just at what the impact I will have on my organization, but how is it going to ripple through the broader stakeholder set? Mm -hmm. Do I inspire people? 
to follow me? Do I collaborate appropriately with the range of stakeholders? Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of competencies. And again, I've worked with top researchers. This this model is based primarily on the work of Suzanne Cook-Greuter and her okay. doctoral work at Harvard. So everything we do is research-based. Okay. I don't just kind of sit around with a glass of wine and make it up. Uh, they're great researchers who've done amazing work. So part of what we do is try to take kind of doctoral quality research and translate it for what as a, a leader who has a full-time job and doesn't want to read doctoral work can do practically and reasonably. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, this is absolutely fascinating that, you know, there there actually is research in something that, that is often considered a soft skill mm-hmm. um, because, it, again, it's not like computer science where, you know, you learn how to program mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, code or whatever mm-hmm. it is called today. Um, and that kind of thing, it, it is considered in the softer skills. And you do have organizations where the only leaders they want to have are those at the very top and that everyone else is a manager. Mm-hmm. The idea being that it's almost like the the Ten Commandments coming down from on high, and mm-hmm. you just your whole job is just to make it happen. So how do we empower mm-hmm. the other people in the organization, and and how do we change that mindset mm-hmm. that you know it's only the upper tier that gets to lead; the rest of you have to manage. How do we change that? You know, it's interesting because leadership is used in such a broad range of ways. Mm-hmm. So we talk about everyone leading something. Mm-hmm. So before I can lead others, I have to lead myself, right? Which means I have to know my vision and. Or, I am more effective if I know my vision and values, especially my values, Yes. right? So I behave consistently. I know what I stand for. I know what I want to accomplish, short-term, medium-term, long-term. And, you know, if you're in college, what you want to accomplish is you want to graduate and get a job. Yes. Drive a car yes. in some cases. Not mm-hmm. everyone wants a car anymore. But, but have, a, <laughs> have a place to live, yeah. you know, ha- have enough money that I can eat Mm-hmm. a healthy diet uh, so so we all have aspirations and how I lead myself and lead my life impacts that mm-hmm. and and then we move up from an organizational structure perspective and at each successive level my range of leadership expands and my range of management expands mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so what I do when I'm managing a small team but there's still a little bit of leadership and vision setting within the context of what I'm running. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a bit of having having a vision um, and being able to communicate that mm-hmm. so that people know where we're going. Mm-hmm. And then we also talked about this is um, you know finding the visions for all the people who are mm-hmm. in your unit and being able to bring those and align them. Absolutely. Okay. I, you talk about people in college and. You know, you know, their vision is to get a job, and that kind of, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's so funny. I had a colleague who was actually in the doctoral program, but she was at the medical school, mm-hmm. and she said the strangest thing was when they published what each of the disciplines would make. It was interesting to watch the third year students who are going now going to graduate and going mm-hmm. off to um, their internship and whatever, and they need to pick a specialty. And they were looking at, okay, which one makes the most, not mm-hmm. which one contributes it contributes, or that I have a passion for. Mm. But it was like, no, I need to be you know, this subspecialty surgeon because it makes a million dollars a year kind of thing. And she asked them, you know, but where's your heart? Mm-hmm. Where is your passion? 
And their answer was, I have student loans. That's all I care about. Interesting. Yeah. It, well, and, and we've created a system that in some way requires that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a responsible adult, I do have to pay back those loans, and I'd like to do it before I'm dead. Before I'm 88. <laughs> <laughs> so how does leadership tie in with life purpose? So this is, again, my view When we talk about trust, and you and I have talked about that Mm -hmm. recently, the idea of consistency and competence over self-centeredness. If I'm clear about my purpose and people know what I stand for, Mm -hmm. they are more able to trust me and I am more trustworthy. Mm -hmm. I know that I stand for something bigger than making money. Yes. I also do want to pay my bills and pay off my house payment and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, money is important, but it's not the only thing that I care about. I really actually am passionate about leaving the world a better place, and my focus in doing that is improving leadership. Mm -hmm. So for people who work with me, they can kind of predict how I'm going to behave. Right. And just basic things like predictability, drive trust, drive that consistency, that allows me to inspire followers. Okay. All right. They're inspired by my ability, but also that I do what I say. Mm-hmm. And I do what is right for the organization above what's right for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that in mind... How do you define life purpose? So having written a series of books where the first thing we first set of exercises is defining purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. So so there are all the exercises. For me, it was in part what I couldn't avoid. I kept thinking I was going to step out of what I'm doing and into something else. Mm-hmm. And I just kept getting pulled back into it. And I had done at least five workbooks on this purpose stuff and it mm-hmm. took forever and it wasn't what I thought. I thought it was going to, you know, be some grandiose thing and it was really not. It's just who I am. It's what mm-hmm. I do. It's it's the books I pick up and read. It's the blogs. It's the conversations I have with someone over a glass of wine. It is paying attention to what lights us up, what we get excited about, what we can't stop talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's that's really key because people struggle with this. Oh, yeah, it, I did. I, I took years. And finally, I have a sense of it. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like I did it in the shower or on the way to work one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. It's also the things that, as you said, that you avoid. I remember five years ago when I, I started working with my first coach. Mm-hmm. And I had just paid her. Mm-hmm. And I turned and walked down the hall to go to the ladies' room. And I turned back to her and I said, I don't have a website. I don't write blogs. I don't do radio and television. You'll never get me to do that. I don't like social media. I'll never write a book. And I don't know about programs, you know. I have to develop programs. I'm not so sure. So I'm not really sure what you think you're going to do with me. And now you've done all of those. I've done all of that. In spades. Yes. Big, not yeah. little. And and it's it's stuff I can't avoid. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's like asking your higher self, you know, let's, don't make it hard. Don't make it difficult, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and... It isn't necessarily hard, but it keeps coming up in your face. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to do this. And the one thing that I still avoid is social media. Um, okay. It's, you know, it's just how it is. But we'll talk more about this when we get back. So, audience, what I'd like you to do is to think about what's that one thing that you keep running into 
time after time after time that's saying it's your life purpose. And we'll be right back. You're tuned to the Voice America Women's Channel, leading the way for your success. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, lead with Linda.com. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, dream with Linda.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to lead with linda.com now back to leadership stars welcome back and i'm here with a very special guest maureen medcalf and i love the fact that she writes that she was a preeminent change agent she set strategic direction and then transformed her client organizations to deliver significant business results such as increased profitability cycle time reduction, improved quality, and increased employee effectiveness. That's a really powerful statement, Maureen. Thank you. And and really, I should say they transformed their organizations. I would guide and push and pull and suggest and kind of help. But if the leader isn't leading their organization, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. 
Did you have leaders who wanted to throw up your hands and basically say, look, either step into it or step out? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You probably want me to elaborate on that. but I know that was uh, a close question, but yes, I'd like you to elaborate on it. Just thinking of people who were less comfortable stepping up, and one was, it ended up being a wonderful client, but early on, I was in some ways kind of the shadow person running his organization. Mm. So we're in a meeting, and I thought he was promoting someone in the organization to step into the role of president, and he sat back and looked to me to make the promotion, which was very odd for me and the guy getting promoted because he wondered what the heck this consultant was doing, having the promotion conversation with the boss sitting there watching me. So it, it was an interesting dynamic. And over time, he very much stepped in to fill that role. Mm-hmm. But early on, as you say, some people are just not as comfortable. He had family-owned business. He had grown up in the organization. And his father was always there. His father was leading, so he was the young, obviously younger than his dad, and younger than many of the employees. So the dynamic, the system, was not necessarily promoting him to step into the role. There were a lot of people who remembered him as, you know, the seven-year-old coming in and trick-or-treating oh, yeah. in, a, in a costume. Mm-hmm. And now he's a mid-40s adult man. And some of those people are still there and in leadership roles. So there was a requirement for him to step forward and them to step back. Right. And some of them weren't really excited about stepping back for the junior to step up Mm -hmm. not really sure that he could handle the job some of them were convinced he could not yeah because they'd been doing it for 30 years longer than he had well they'd also watched him Mm -hmm. you know from as you said from being a kid to now being adult and my sense is that he hadn't stepped into it yet so he hadn't put the cloak on and said i am the superhero and i'm going to lead this organization and so it's like well nothing's changed he's still the little kid you know, it's interesting. Our brains just don't always adjust to the external reality. Mm-hmm. So I think some of them saw him still as a little gangly, goofy kid. Yeah. And, you know, when you grow up in the company, of course, you go through all those phases. But now as an adult, he, he was actually quite competent. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he still is. And yet those leaders, he wanted to do things differently than they did. Mm-hmm. And they also, I think, saw that that breaking with tradition as immaturity not wisdom right and it's also a question of how how do you empower the the older um, more experienced leaders to step into the change Mm -hmm. and sounds like many of them could have been nurturers who needed to know that everything was going to be okay and that kind of thing and and he might have been an entirely different uh, personality style that that said you know, we're going to move forward. Here's the bottom line or whatever it might be, or we want the latest and greatest. And and having challenges with bringing them along and really mm-hmm. getting them to be a part of the change. Yeah, if you look at the continuum of stability versus innovation, mm-hmm. some of the senior folks were more on the end of the continuum of stability mm-hmm. because they were very close to retirement. He's looking at how do we keep this business relevant for the next 30 to 50 years, he's more on the end of innovation. And there was a 
pretty significant tension between those two mm-hmm. preferences. Yeah, I can understand that. It's also interesting. That, uh, first of all, he's a man, mm-hmm. um, and but has that reluctancy, mm-hmm. that that sense of uh, you know being sort of being in the background, mm-hmm. you know, let you step forward. I know um, when I work with conference and convention planning Mm -hmm. to me i was always the back background Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it was was my client that went out front Mm -hmm. they were the ones that were supposed to talk and all this good Mm -hmm. stuff and it was really difficult for me to change that and to move Mm -hmm. into a different place and i find that's true of many of the women that i work with that it's they gender and cultural heritage says first of all you have to be perfect Mm -hmm. Um, second of all you're in the support position Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, you know, you're hiding behind, the, you're in mm-hmm. the curtain, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You need to know 100% of the job before you step into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of those kinds of things that we bring mm-hmm. with us um, as part of, you know, who we are, we're, we're the subordinate mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. And it's, it's really, it has been really difficult for the women that I work with to, one, see themselves as a leader mm-hmm. and much less to step up, step out, step in, and really own mm-hmm. their leadership. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for women? It was interesting for me. It it really happened when I started writing books. Mm-hmm. I was the primary author. There were there were really brilliant co-authors. Yeah, but I had to have my picture on at least the back cover of the book. Mm-hmm. My bio had to be there. I was the one now talking about the books, mm-hmm. so I couldn't be behind the scenes. And the company had my name on it. Mm-hmm. So the, the balance, again, if you look across the continuum of I'm the spokesperson, as much as I would rather, and I'm introverted, and mm-hmm. I would not like the, the first conference I spoke at, I, my microphone was off, and I people left, and I wished they would have all left because I was afraid of them. Mm-hmm. So th- there is a bit of, I, I realize that's not entirely leadership, but it's it's standing up and owning that I'm in charge, mm-hmm. and there's nobody else to do it. Because I would, I would have been much happier being a number two. Mm-hmm. And it was just working through knowing, knowing myself, knowing what I wanted to create in the world, and knowing I had to get over it. Yeah. I mean, there was stuff that just terrified me. And to get to that vision, and this is where I think the vision ties to mm-hmm. it, to get to that vision and make the impact I want to make on, on the planet, got to step up. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that I'm terrified. Nobody cares. Show up, make the mistakes, go on. Mm. Show up the next day, make the mistakes, go on. And eventually, it's it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But initially, it's, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, and my audience has heard this before. Um, I was told at seven years old by my grandmother that I should never stand up in front of groups of people and talk. That I wasn't wow. very good at it. I was at seven, it. of course not. Yes. Well, and we were we were doing improv, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember the last two lines of mm-hmm. the speech I was supposed to do. And my, you know, I got the information, and it was like, but I did the best I could, um, and and that hung with me mm-hmm. forever. I mean, I was on the army recruitment team, but I kept thinking, you need to be there, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I taught uh, in basic training, uh, and I cr- actually transformed um, Mm. the training programs from being a script to being a series of questions that we asked Mm -hmm. the troops and it was a whole different innovative kind of thing but it was like no I'm not a leader Mm -mm, no not me and it took a long time for me to step out from behind the curtain Um, it's 
Me too. Especially when you've got that mm-hmm. mindset. So I understand, and I'm an introvert as well. Um, I, you know, I would much prefer to be all by myself. And yeah, <laughs> less scary. <laughs> yes, um, and definitely don't take me to a party uh, or networking events scare me to death. And yet I've learned, and you know, it's, in that respect, it's really it's good because mm-hmm. you face your fears. And mm-hmm. work through them, and I think that's really key for us women. I know I talk to um, women who are looking for work because mm-hmm. that's one of the the areas that I actually I don't want to say volunteer for, but I do mm-hmm. a, a lot of give back. And one of the things that they'll often say is, you know, I, I have this great idea, I take it to my boss, and my boss says, "I'll uh, give me a minute to look at it." And then he gives it to to one of the guys. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, did you ever tell him that you wanted to be the project lead on this?" Well, no. He should just know that. But people don't know. No, no, they don't. And I said, so one of the things you've got to do is, here's the project. I want to be project lead. If you don't think I'm qualified, then I want to be number two so that I learn. Yeah, so I advocate <clears throat> for myself. Exactly. And we are not, especially as women, mm-hmm. often not taught to do this. No. And and then we have the whole issue with the hundred percent. You got to know hundred percent of it, and that's impacted us in in politics, as well as on the job. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't know hundred percent of the issues, how can I run for office? And yet, what what do the guys say? If I know twenty percent of this, I'm good to go. I'll learn the rest of it. But it's our cultural and gender heritage. And part of that then gets into the brain science of how are we physiologically wired. And so part of developing leadership, and and I work with almost all of my clients on this, is how do you replace those neural pathways, those thinking patterns, Mm -hmm. because we're undoing wiring. And it's it's a repetitive process. That same part of my brain that makes sure I put my pants on before I leave the house, (laughs) right? There's a reason we have these pathways so solidly embedded. It does not matter how tired I am. I'm wearing clothes. Mm -hmm. And and this is a good thing. That same physiology causes me to take something I heard at seven years old, that Mm -hmm. you're not good at it, and raise my hormone level, cortisol level and things, so that my body knows I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. So I don't do something that's dangerous. Exactly. So I now have to rewire my body and my brain to say, I'm no longer seven. I now have the skills. I can feel comfortable doing this. Because otherwise, the alarm goes off and we will continue to stay uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that discomfort will dissuade us from doing things. Right. We still think the velociraptor is running after us and that... You know, we we need to fight, flight, or appease mm-hmm. in order to survive, and that's not the case. I love the fact that we've got stuff that has be, become habit. Mm-hmm. You know, that way we don't have to rethink how we brush our teeth or how we get in the car and drive. On the other hand, I don't know about you, but I've missed my stop a couple times. You know, where I just breeze by and go, "Where did you think you were going?" Mm-hmm. Uh, the the best one was I went the same way to work every day, mm-hmm. and. For whatever reason, I went on a Saturday, and I looked up, and I went, when did they build that 20-story building there? I didn't remember any of it. Um, and that, that to me, is also something. It, it gets really into the wiring. It gets into our cultural heritage, our genetic mm-hmm. heritage. And it is difficult. We, we have to bring it up to the conscious level. So mm-hmm. it's taking that unconscious competence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really bringing it up to the conscious level. Uh, yes? 
Absolutely. And this is where mindfulness comes in, Mm -hmm. that I have to pay a lot more attention to what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because so much of it is routine. How you drove to work was so much routine that you can be thinking about other stuff. And that's Mm -hmm. when we get a lot of our thinking done. Oh, yeah. And and yet, (laughs) being mindful of what I'm doing helps me uncover those unconscious patterns Mm -hmm. that are driving my physiology, which drives the way I think and behave. Yeah, it's the whole thoughts to feelings, Mm -hmm. to actions, to results. And unfortunately, we we try to just change the actions. I'll just do something. I'll do it differently Mm -hmm. and get different results. And as you just mentioned, you got to change the thoughts and the feelings. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you can do, I mean, it's the definition of insanity. You're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, Expect, you're doing the same mm-hmm. thing, expecting different results, and you're not going to get that. And first, I have to know where they're coming from. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, your fear of speaking because of something that happened at seven that you may not have even remembered, mm-hmm. you just knew you didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I've had similar. Going back and figuring out where it comes from, then I can unwire it. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's uh, work by Bob Keegan that talks about small experiments. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm afraid of doing something. And and his work talks about the irrational fear. Yeah. That if this thing happens, if I get up and speak, all this bad stuff's going to happen. And unconsciously in my brain, I am convinced I'm living under a bridge next to a homeless guy <laughs> who beats his wife. Uh, because I lived in a condo with a homeless guy under our bridge and there was lots of screaming and bad behavior Mm -hmm. so unconsciously the worst possible scenario is that and every time something went wrong that's where my brain goes Mm -hmm. and then when I'm ready to leave work at the end of the day and I haven't worked hard enough I'm afraid that I'm really not good enough and I get this really uneasy feeling Mm -hmm. because I'm not good enough and if I don't work harder I'm going to be under the bridge with the dude and so how do I become aware of what's happening inside of me so I can adjust over time Mm -hmm. slowly because those barriers hold us from really stepping in and reaching our potential well and also um, those barriers that the limo driver who uh-huh. is in your subconscious who does all this stuff uh-huh. doesn't know what's real and doesn't care. Uh-uh. Um, so we, we have to, in essence, create different instructions for him or her to be able to change where the limo driver is taking us. I like that analogy. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's all around the reticular activating system and uh-huh. What you believe, you'll start seeing more of, which mm-hmm. is also the law of attraction, mm-hmm. uh, which deals around that. So some really key pieces here for our audience to think about. So ladies and gentlemen, f- during this two-minute break, if you would look at where are you wired in a way that's not supporting you any longer. Maybe it's a message that you get or you step into something and you can feel the fear and we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, 
and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Voice America Women's Channel. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm with a very special woman, Maureen Metcalf. And I love the fact that she shares her hard-won insights through speaking opportunities, industry publications, radio talk shows like this one, video presentations. She's not afraid to step out and step into her leadership and truly own it. And we've been getting some really great tidbits from her about leadership and purpose and wiring. So Maureen, welcome back. Thank you. And and one thing I hope people hear, you know, I never know what people take away, mm. but certainly the idea that it's easy to look at other people who've accomplished some level of success mm-hmm. in their life and think, boy, their life was different than mine, right? They had some advantage that I didn't have, or they're just smarter than me or whatever. And so I hope that my sharing some of the candor about bumps mm-hmm. in the road helps inspire people that you know this journey is tough for all of us mm-hmm. there there is no mine wasn't easy and yours is hard all of us have 
the demons inside of our head that say we can't do things. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at people who um, oftentimes you think are the most successful, you know, the multimillionaires who have perhaps inherited wealth and this mm-hmm. kind of thing, well, of course they had it really easy, and yet they have challenges in their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you how do you live up to that expectation? You know, what do you do with all that money um, mm-hmm. and all that opportunity, and do you waste it? Or do you really use it for your life purpose? So, uh, you know, I, I never say that someone who appears to be extremely successful had it easy um, mm-hmm. coming into that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I get concerned when people think that because you don't know what went on behind their lives. And many times we hide that. Mm-hmm. We, we don't bring it out on the radio. We don't talk about it. It's just things that happened and mm-hmm. we move, move forward. And I think that's... Okay, I'm going to go someplace that we weren't anticipating, but I think that's the whole Me Too mm-hmm. movement. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I love the fact that Ashley Judd stepped up and said, I was abused. It was the way I, I my career had to move forward, and it's wrong. And I felt broken and difficult and all of that, and I'm not taking it anymore. So we look at those people, mm-hmm. we, look at, we look at successful mm-hmm. actors, mm-hmm. and say, wow, they had an easy life. True, they might have had a, a difficult time getting a particular mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but it looks so easy. And oh, by the way, it looks really easy you know, being on stage and, and being able to you know, be in character or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And that's one of the hardest jobs in the world. And the environment that they're working in is not often the most conducive. And I love the fact that we are stepping out and finally owning Mm -hmm. those kinds of situations. And what's interesting to me is the magnitude. Mm -hmm. So how many people were abused by Weinstein? Mm -hmm. How many people were like 80, 40, 80, some large number by Bill Cosby? Yeah. That those numbers were allowed to get that large because they were powerful men. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, there may be powerful women doing the same thing. I don't know. We haven't seen it through the Me Too movement, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. But people in power were allowed to abuse the power and abuse people around them. And we, as the, the, less powerful people either didn't have a voice I think we're dismissed if you mm-hmm. if you don't play along oh, yeah. you don't get the part exactly, exactly. and your career is damaged mm-hmm. and as she said you know she felt when she finally said something that they painted her as difficult mm-hmm. you know th- so therefore I don't want you on my films mm-hmm. um, so you get branded mm-hmm. and then Where's your career? They're leaders, but they're abusing mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. power that they have as a leader. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's a tragedy. Um, and so, in so, again, in some respects, I can see women saying, I don't want to be that leader. And so changing the vision mm-hmm. of what leaders are and you know what they can and cannot do. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we're pointing to some of the worst examples. Mm -hmm. And yet, often we have looked at 
at people who are resolute, they're definitive in their thinking, and, and those I'm decisive and mm-hmm. take charge as what effective looks like. And that's one of the things I'm really committed to is teaching that having a big personality doesn't equal a good leader. Right. And yet, I think often we were just raised with charisma equals good. Mm-hmm. I was at a conference recently. I, I was speaking in a breakout session and listening to one of the keynotes, and, and she had asked people what good looks like. And they were going back to still some of those, they're in charge. They make quick decisions, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They speak with authority. And I was thinking... Often with the level of complexity we're facing, someone who is speaking with authority too quickly mm-hmm. isn't doing the depth of analysis they need to do to get an answer that is going to be comprehensive enough to deal with the complexity yes. we face. So we need to really reframe what we think of as good. And that's, you know, as I accept a job, what kind of boss do I want to work for? Mm. And it's often someone who's a little quieter. It, it's as voters who are we voting for? Mm-hmm. How are we, everything from our school boards to our congresspeople to our presidents, how are we making those decisions? Mm-hmm. I was teaching a graduate class a few years ago and before an election, and I remember one of my students saying something, the, the aha light went on like, oh, so the quickest and loudest isn't the best? <laughs> Often not. not. Yeah. I wouldn't say never, but often those things we were taught are no longer what we need. Mm-hmm. They were, but as we change, what leadership looks like has to change. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how Me Too kind of cycles through our perception of what good looks like. Because mm-hmm. the sad thing mm-hmm. is, you know, we're, we're seeing it also a lot in the military now that we've incorporated men and women mm-hmm. into one military. Lots of challenges with sexual abuse and harassment and, and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, which was obviously seen in G.I. Jane, which was a movie that Demi Moore was in mm-hmm. with um, okay, I didn't see Viggo it. Mortensen. Uh, again, she was doing things that a woman shouldn't do or mm-hmm. according to the, the Role. male male drill Doing sergeants things time, right? and and yet those are some of the most the more powerful leaders mm-hmm. if you think about it, we, we go back to our military leaders we go back to Eisenhower we who was really a softer leader mm-hmm. versus um, Patton versus Patton who was outrageous you have MacArthur who fought the politics mm-hmm. and lost we still see those as key leaders. I think it's also interesting that Mother Teresa, mm, who we yeah. see very much as a leader, was once asked, why do you work with the poorest of the poor? Mm-hmm. What is it about that? Why you could do so much work elsewhere, be mm-hmm. a leader elsewhere? And she said, when I look at who I am and what I provide, mm-hmm. I have to work at this level because if I worked somewhere else... My shadow side Mm. is a Hitler. Oh, interesting. So she knew that about herself. And she said, I never wanted to go there. I never Mm -hmm. wanted to be that leader. I Mm -hmm. wanted to be the leader who worked with the poorest of the poor. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really powerful. As you mentioned Mother Teresa, I think of Gandhi. Mm -hmm. 
the Dalai Lama, Nelson Mandela, Mm -hmm. they've all made dramatic changes in countries Mm -hmm. or or in groups of large groups of people. And none of them are pound the fist screamers. Mm -mm. They take charge differently. Yes. They had the whole passive, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're not going to go to battle about this. We're going to work the system differently. Nonviolent communication. Yeah. And even looking at Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. you know, his Same. advisors all wanted him to, you know, bang his fist. I mean, he's a preacher. He knows how mm-hmm. to do that. <laughs> um, and yet he paused and Mahalia Jackson looked at him and said, Martin, tell them your dream. That's mm. what they want to hear. Which again is that nonviolent, that What's the vision? Where are we yeah. going? What do we want to see happen? Um, I think he would be disappointed as to where um, civil rights has gone. And mm-hmm. the fact that we actually pay more to have black kids in prison than we do to educate them. I mean, there's there's just so much of that going on. And that could be a whole nother show for us. <laughs> but yeah, leaders don't have to be, as you said, the fist bang, the shoe on the podium, Nikita Khrushchev, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, the the softest. I mean, Kennedy, you know, empowered a nation mm-hmm. to, you know, the race to the moon, all of that, and was a softer. Imagine what yeah. you can do for your country rather than your country can do, do for, for you. you. Yeah. I am a Berliner, which was such a powerful movement in, in front of the, the wall in Ber- Berlin. So all of that, I think leadership is, is shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good, but it's going to take time. Well, and each of us plays a role in that shift. Mm-hmm. Not just you and I as radio show hosts, but every single listener who chooses to behave differently, mm-hmm. to lead differently, whether you're a college student or a high school student or an emerging leader or running a PTA or coaching kids soccer or running a corporation, mm-hmm. all of us get to make a choice about how we lead and who we follow. Exactly. And I think that's that's a really powerful message to everyone out there. Mm-hmm. The fact that we determine mm-hmm. who our leaders are and how they lead. And, and if, every single voice, every single one of you votes with your feet. There is n- not one person who's listening who is irrelevant and shouldn't take responsibility. Right. Even if you're in a state where... You, you say to yourself, but we're blue or we're red. How can I make a change? It's voting. The m- more of us who sit back and say, I don't make a difference, the more we don't vote and we don't get the leaders that we're looking for. Vote. Coach kids. Volunteer for junior achievement. Mm-hmm. It, there are a million ways that we can make an impact that isn't necessarily a formal leadership role in a mm-hmm. job. Well, and look at the the impact the students had on the steps in Washington talking about violence in schools. I mean, that was a powerful piece. And those were kids. And they were kids, yeah. So, Maureen, you have a, a free gift for our listening audience. Would you like to tell us a bit about that, please? Like you, Lind, I do radio shows, and that's a significant investment for us. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I try to make as much available for free for our listeners, because again, we're not just selling to big corporations. Right. I really do think everyone matters. And so one of the things we have on the website 
is an innovative leadership assessment. Okay. So it's a simple web-based, probably 35 questions. You get feedback immediately. Uh, we will not harass you with emails trying to get you to buy stuff. <laughs> but it's it's a simple self-awareness tool. Mm-hmm. So where are you on these five measures? And it'll give you a score and ideas about where to focus to become more effective. And, and my passion is helping people innovate how they lead. So it, you don't have to be good now or you don't have to be great now. Mm-hmm. You are where you are. And my invitation to everyone is take the next step, the mm-hmm. one small step that you can take today and then then one small step you can take tomorrow. And over time, we create a better world. Mm-hmm. It's that whole how do you eat an elephant mm-hmm. one bite at a time and recognizing that small bites are good. So, Maureen, do you ha- thank you so very much for that. Oh, and, you're welcome. And it will, uh, the link to that will be on my radio show website. Okay. So it's easy for people to connect, and they don't have to remember a long URL. Thank you. Uh, so, Maureen, as we begin to close, do you have three really great tips that you'd like to share with our audience as we close? Sure. Thank you. So one is be clear about your vision and values. As you think about being a leader who is trusted, we trust people who know themselves and who act with integrity. Number two, make it about the impact you're making on the world. Absolutely. Every one of your listeners is doing things in their daily lives that impact others. Mm -hmm. And third, commit to grow. Okay. Does not matter where you are. We all start with where we are with the backgrounds we have. Some some were privileged and some were absolutely difficult. Take where you are. Use the gift of the pain and the challenge mm-hmm. as an accelerator. Yes, you will have to overcome things, and that's an incredibly difficult process. Mm-hmm. And as you do, you develop a strength of character and personality that is absolutely unbeatable. Those are fantastic. Thank you so very much. And I know my listening audience will take that to heart and take action on it. So it's been a joy having Maureen Metcalf with me on the show. Thank you again, Maureen, for being here. And I just want you to remember until next week, if you'd like to know more about The Art of Hurting Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders, Seeds of a Movement Boot Camp, or any other programs, books that we offer, please do send me an email at Linda at dare, the number two, lead with lynda.com. And until next week, remember, be courageous, dare to lead. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.